Hey guys, and welcome to On She Goes, the podcast. I guess this would be episode eight. We haven't really been keeping track, but I think it is. Uh, today, we're actually going to be talking about quality versus quantity uh, when it comes to travel, making the most of your travel experience, and you know, making sure that you're you're bringing home the same things that you got during your travels, and kind of implementing the same relaxation and letting go and fearlessness. All of those things. And we'll be talking to Sierra Johnson uh, from Hey Sierra. She is an amazing travel influencer. She quit her HR job to focus on traveling, which is really awesome and such a great perspective. And then we're also talking to Amina Tussauds. So I love Amina. Everybody loves Amina. Um, we know her from when she hosted our podcast back in the day. Not back in the day, really more like a two years ago, but <laughs> Amina Tussauds is on tour with Call Your Girlfriend, so with her friend Ann Friedman and Gina Delvec, her producer, um, and their tour is called The Shine Theory. Super excited about it. She's going to be hitting cities near you, and we're going to chat with her about her tour life. I also wanted to give a shout out to the Black Travel Box. They sent us a box of conditioner, shampoo, and body lotion, things like that that are all travel friendly. It is natural travel friendly hair and body care products for the melanated adventurer. So shout out to Black Travel Box and check them out on Instagram and go to Black Travel Box, theblacktravelbox.com to, uh, for more information. So, guys, we're here with Amina Tussauds. Uh, Amina, first of all, you are like my podcast angel. So, because Amina taught me everything I know about podcasts. Literally. <laughs> no, literally. Seriously. So, oh, I mean, God. I feel I'm so happy to, like, actually have you on our show because I've been sitting here and I've had your name. You can ask Rebecca. It's so funny. I've had your name on a post-it right in front of me on my screen for about six. Uh, Six, six months now, and I'm like, what are we, we, I have to find something good. We got to talk to Amina about something real good. So you got to come on again. We're going to talk some more, and we're going to have you for the whole show. But this time, I definitely want to hear about the Shine Theory Tour. Is this your first tour? Um. Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me. As you know, I'm a big On She Goes fan. Uh, I was the number one fan. Oh, that's so. true. You are our fan from the way back. <laughs> um yeah so the 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 tour is the tour is happening soon it is not our first tour but it is the first time that we are doing 10 um 10 cities in a row we usually uh Anne and Gina live in LA I live in New York traveling is a little hectic so we usually like keep it to a couple of pockets mm -hmm. in um in uh in the year but this time we're we're doing it for real like a band and I'm really excited about it. We're going to cities that we've never gone to. We're coming to Portland. October 23rd. Yeah, October 23rd. I'm super, super, super pumped about that. And it's called the Shine Theory Tour because Shine Theory is the operating principle in my friendship with Anne. 
uh, where we literally say to each other, I don't shine if you don't shine. And it really Aww. is about like supporting and loving each other. That is so beautiful. It's it's funny because, so my best friend lives in Philly, so she's all the way across the world too. And um, this is like the best friend from way, way back. And like you guys talk about really important things like politics and stuff. But like me and her, we just talk about people from high school, like just talk shit about them. But <laughs> so, <laughs> We didn't go to the same high school or we would do that. <laughs> but it definitely like, it, it still like resonates so much because it's such good conversation. It's like the conversations that you can only have with your best friend. So let me ask you this. Are you guys taking a tour bus? Well, we're, um, Delta is the most of the tour bus. The (laughs) only, the only cities that we're driving between are, um, Seattle and Portland. Okay. Well, that makes sense. Because, because that drive is very short, (laughs) as you know. Have you been to Portland before? Um, no, it is going to be my first time in Portland, and I'm so excited about it. Yeah, Portland is one of those cities, man, where, well, right now we're kind of in the rain, but Portland's, even when in the rain, it's nice. It just has that, like, crockpot soup situation going kind of thing. Okay, like that kind okay. Of, you know what I mean? So I'm into it. I love, I love that as an explanation of a mood. <laughs> Crock-pot soup. Great. <laughs> I'm really looking forward to it. Nice. And so what else have you been up to? Have you been traveling a lot? Have you been getting out? Yeah, you know, it's interesting. This year has been like a little up and down for me. I was sick at the beginning of the year. Right. I was I was recovering from cancer. Yes. Um, and that's, you know, that's that on that. I'm really... Um, uh, I'm really lucky to be in remission. And the right. minute that I, w- I knew that I could travel again, I just started getting on planes. I took a big trip to Australia. That mm-hmm. was amazing. Um, I went to Hawaii and Jamaica. Like, I feel like I'm going on vacation for the first time. Right. It used to be that all of my travel was always, like, kind of related to work. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no. I'm like, I want to see I want to see these parts of the, of the world. Yeah. And so... It's been good. And then in the summer, I um, I stayed East Coast and did like a really good like East Coast summer, spent time on Cape Cod and spent time in Rhode Island on Block Island. And so I feel like I had a classic uh, East Coast summer. Yeah. And uh, it's just been like very good, like exploring places that I either already know or going to like new fun places and exclusively to relax. That's been amazing. Let me ask you that. So first of all, we're so happy that you're OK. Uh, we were definitely. Yeah. Definitely, you you know, keeping you in our prayers and lifting you up in our prayers for sure. Thank you. I feel that. Yeah. And so let me ask you this, though. Was it difficult for you mentally to, like, get into travel mode after, you know, finding out that you were in remission and everything? Was it or was it just very liberating? You know, it was a little bit of both. My body was definitely still tired. Like, I remember the trip to Jamaica. That was like the first trip Mm post-surgery. And I'd had surgery in January. And I think I went on that trip in March. And I had literally just found out I was fine. Mm -hmm. And it was, I remember just like being very nervous to fly. And that's usually like not anxiety that I have. And also I was just like nervous about like, what if I'm away and I don't feel great, right? Like, what do I do? I remember the first day that we got to Jamaica, I just like slept the rest of the day like we got in maybe at 2 p.m and that's how tired I was I just like fell asleep like there's not like a time there's it wasn't jet lag it wasn't anything it was just like my body just needs some time yeah and so the thing that's been like challenging is adjusting to not pushing myself too hard Mm -hmm. 
and still enjoying like where I am. But then the rest of the trip was like literally a resort vacation. So you're not like, <laughs> you're not exhausting yourself. Right. But it is like, you know, you just get like more nervous. And I think about that a lot more now where I was like, I need to be gentle with myself. I need to, I can't be like just a hopping on planes whenever I want to. Right. And it takes a little bit more preparation and a little more like self-care For sure. before I can, before I can hop on planes. Because you are a woman on the go. Like, I mean, I remember when I first met you and I was like, oh, she's hard to get a hold of because <laughs> you were like everywhere, you know, and you were flying, yeah. I think, back and forth from like New York to San Francisco and like, all, all these the things. time, all the time. Mm-hmm. I don't do I don't do that anymore. Like I have I think that the number one thing that I've learned through this is to really listen to my body. If I'm not ready, I'm not ready. So I had endometrial cancer. And Mm -hmm. so they also took out my ovaries, which means that I went into menopause. Your body has like changed for real. Yeah. And so I think, I think like that that's where a lot of my like self-care now has come from. It's like, I take a nap every day now. Like that's the thing that I have to do. I have a really tight sleep schedule. I have to go to bed every night at the same time. I, um, you know, I, I cook like, almost all three meals at home at all times. Like I really force myself not to eat out. Yeah. And it's just, it's been really good. Like slowing down. Like if you had told me a year ago that I would enjoy this, like no more hecticness in my life or like, you know, like the jet setting life, I would not have believed you. Yeah. And actually I love being at home. I love taking care of myself and I love, I love just like knowing that I'm doing the right thing for myself. Like that feels, it feels really good. That's, that's wonderful. I think that like, because I think it's super important to, to know how to take care of yourself. First of all, there's a lot of people that don't know, you know, and like to actually say like, I need this. I need to go to bed at this time in the evening. I need to like, like, I think that takes, that takes a lot of maturity, first of all. And it also just takes um, that, like an experience, you know, and you know, I, like I said, we're so happy that you're better. Um, I mean, seriously, when you, I, I read online that you said that you were in remission and I was like, like crying. I was like, good. Thank Aww, God. Thanks, yeah. No, of course. Cause I'm like, that's, it's so scary. And I've had friends and family members with endometriosis. So I, I totally understand. And you know, I've had some scares and all that stuff. So it's like, I really get, you know, what it's yeah, like. Yeah, you know, but it also like shouldn't take like a big scare yeah. to really, you know, think about like how you can take care of yourself. Mm-hmm. Because truly you can't give to anybody if your cup isn't, you know, if your cup is empty. That's true. And I think that's so much of the way that we live. It's like work, 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 work. And then how fast can you run and how fast can you get there? And, mm-hmm. you know, like that it's not sustainable. And so I look at a lot of things that I used to do like very differently now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, not to say that I like, I'm thankful that this happened to me, yeah. but I'm glad that I now have a different perspective on mm-hmm. how, you know, like how I can live the rest of my life as opposed to like the race that I was running before. So right. this makes me, it makes me happy. And I, you know, I just really wish that like, it didn't take an experience like this to really, to really reconsider like how you take care of yourself. For sure. Um, one of the things I want to switch gears a little bit. Um, I was having a conversation this weekend um, t- with one of my friends, and you guys are feminist to the to the core, to the bone. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, we were kind of talking about traveling as a woman, and when things like this happen with like Kavanaugh, where women are basically like completely disregarded. And, like, feeling safe everywhere now. Like, it's kind of 
of the same thing where uh, I was having a conversation with a white woman, basically, and she's like, I feel like I don't really feel safe traveling around. Like, I feel like men think that they can say and do whatever to us now because we've been disregarded. And I was like, yeah, yeah, that's how I think all people of color felt when Trump was elected, when people were like, (laughs) now I can be openly racist. What What are your thoughts on this? I mean, do you think that this is like— that this is something that is affecting our psyche and the way that we move through the world as women and especially as women of color? I mean, I, so there's so many things that you just said. I Mm -hmm. think that one thing that is really fascinating is that white women, like their eyes are getting open for the first time, you know? Yeah. They're like, oh, I was like, do you guys not know about Anita Hill? You know, we already have, we already have a Supreme Court justice who, was accused of sexual misconduct. Yes. Like, this is not a new situation. It's not new. <laughs> and uh, so it's, inter- you know, like, it's interesting how people move through different cycles of, like, I don't feel safe now. You're right. Like, during the Trump, like, when Trump got elected, that deeply affected me. And I know that it deeply affected a lot of, like, you know, people of color that I know. But the truth is that, like, even before that, life is not great for us. You know, yeah. I think about, like, all of the fear that I have about taking a road trip. Mm-hmm. I Like, I think about Sandra Bland all the time. Oh, my God, that, yes. that stuff has been happening for a long time. Whenever, like, my white friends express fear of right now, I, um, one, it makes me angry for sure. Mm-hmm. But also, I always, like, remind them that this is, like, some of us have been here for a long time. Yeah. You know, like, some of us have been, like, terrorized by the state for a long time and it's literally written into the constitution you know so like have a little bit of perspective about that and then at the same time one of the things I think that has been like really important for me even during Trump is that I also recognize that things are bad but they're also not as bad for me as they are for other people you know like that you I also get that perspective of like my children are not being snatched away from me. Right. I have enough economic privilege that like all of the terrible deregulation that's happening like financially, that's not affecting me. And so how do I use my privilege and my voice to make that better, you know? Yeah. And I think that also a lot of it is true that there's a lot of struggle happening right now, but I don't want these people to snatch away our joy, you know? Like That's the truth. We're still going to fall in love. We're still going to travel. We're still going to have adventure. We are still going to love each other. We're going to make friends. We're going to make memories. And you can do that in bad times and in hard times. And I think that sometimes really clinging on to joy when things are this bad is like that's an act of resistance and mm-hmm. of political defiance also. Because, you know, like we're black. They've been trying to like grind us down to nothing since the beginning of time. And I refuse that. I refuse to submit to that. You can fight and be happy at the same time. And sometimes like that joy, that is also telling them that they cannot win. Exactly. Yeah. And I have it's like I have to believe somewhere deep down inside that like this is not the end. And then like other you know what I mean? Like things things will get better. Maybe I don't know. I, I it's uh it is. It's always been disheartening. But the thing about it is, I think, especially as as black women specifically, too, mm-hmm. I think we're just used to disheartening sometimes at this yeah. point. Yeah, Black women leadership is what America needs. Because so, say, say, you know, say like, it again we, for the people who didn't we, hear it. It's true. Like black women, <laughs> yeah. black women leadership is what is going to save this country because we know, you know what I mean? Like yeah. 
we are at this like very particular intersection of we experience racism and we experience sexism. Mm -hmm. We have a wider imagination for how things can change because we don't benefit from heteropatriarchy in any way. Right. When I think about the people even right now who are the loudest voices who are just like getting shit done, that's always black women. Black women are saving America like every day. And mm -hmm. we're, we're only saving America because we're trying to save ourselves. You know, like it's not some like captain save America shit. It's literally the way that we get free is the way that the rest of the country gets free. Exactly. You know, so I love watching like black women during this time, like still do things that make them happy. It's like, take the trip, take care of yourself. Mm -hmm. Also, we're in this forever. So it really is like, it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. You can't like get bogged down every time the government does some like shitty thing because they're going to keep doing this stuff. Oh, like yeah. they're just going to keep doing it and you got to keep living your life. So for sure, you know what, like, what are we going to do? That is exactly right. I mean, I thank you so much for chatting with me. I really appreciate it. Oh my it. God, Sarita. Thank you so much for having me. I love Anshigo so Hi. much. I love, <laughs> I love black women just like living full adventures <laughs> and being themselves. So thank you for having me. Oh, I really appreciate it. Everybody go see the Shine Theory Tour. Uh, they're going to be in San Francisco, Portland, Seattle, Chicago, Minneapolis, D.C., Philly, my place, Brooklyn. That's right. <laughs> go to callyourgirlfriend.com slash tour to get all your tickets. That's what's Come on, Portland. I know. We hope we to see everybody from Portland come I out. I know. So, yeah. We're going to post the tour dates online so everybody can check them out. And we're definitely going to big it up on our social. We love you so much, Amina. Thank you. Love you, Sarita. Have a great day. Bye. All right. Bye. Hey guys, so we're sitting here, well we're not sitting here, we're sitting here via satellite with uh, Sierra Johnson of HeySierra.com. Sierra is a travel influencer. Um, she quit her job actually to travel the world and she's doing it successfully and we are going to talk to her about the quality of your travel versus the quantity of your travel. Yes. And I'm very excited to be talking about this. Yay. And so also with us is uh, Rebecca Russell of the Russell. Hello. <laughs> Becca Ramos. Hi. Of the Texas Ramoses. <laughs> I'm wearing cowboy boots today. <laughs> and Farron Nickdell of the Spokane Nickdells. Yes. Hello. <laughs> So one of the things that we were talking about first and foremost, Sierra, is uh, solo travel. You actually solo travel a ton. And uh, we talked about creating the best travel experience for yourself on solo travel. What is your perspective on that? Yeah, so solo travel, as we know, is just super trendy right now. And it seems like everyone's taking their solo trips. And I've been traveling solo for the past almost two years now um, and it's just been I've had the most incredible experiences and I've learned a lot along the way and um, it's been a process I've had you know definitely ups and downs um, but kind of those downs and those lows have kind of taught me how to prepare better for the next trip and I think with solo travel um, it's it's difficult to you know not know what to do or where to go or what you quote unquote should be doing. It's quite different than going on a trip with family or friends. And so you really have to be, I guess, particular about 
the planning and the process and what you choose to do in order for it to be a successful solo trip, whatever that may look like to you. I think it's different for everyone. You know, if you're with friends or family, you're kind of together. So naturally, if you enjoy that person, um, which, you know, if you're on a trip with them, that's the hope. It's very easy easy to make anything fun. Um, But when you're traveling solo, it's quite different in that way and I think especially for people who may not be used to being alone it can be a little bit difficult to know okay so how do I have fun with myself how do I enjoy myself my own company um, while also exploring this new place and branching out to try new things and talk to different people and um so yeah, it's it's definitely a process. I have a question. I know that it's probably different per destination, but in general, what do you hope to get out of these travel experiences that you have? Yeah, so it, it varies from trip to trip. And so since since I've been traveling for a while now, it's it's changed. But in the beginning, when I started traveling alone, I honestly just wanted to I just wanted to try it. That was honestly just what I wanted to do. I saw other people who were. Um, who are doing it and they something about it just seemed empowering and so I wanted to try it myself and see if it was something that I could enjoy um, I enjoyed being alone anyway and at Same. The time, <laughs> I started kind of using those trips as a form of I guess you would say like um, self-development or or improvement because I quickly saw that I was this really confident person that I was this kind of not different person but my best traits would pop out when I was traveling solo because I didn't have someone to lean on or to um, I guess you would say fall back on so if I'm with someone else I let them take the lead they can I'm not good with direction so they can fit you know I let them figure it out if we're at a place where, you know, it's a different language, I'll kind of let them take the lead and talk. Um, I won't really talk to other people. Um, but when I was traveling solo, I found that I just, I was forced to, you know, approach strangers. I was forced to, you know, practice the language of, of whatever country that I was in. Um, I was forced to figure out the directions and be very aware of one myself, but also my surroundings, which isn't always the case when I was alone. So at that point, it was just like, okay, this is really great for um, kind of like my personal growth and who I am as a person. Um, Now I travel solo quite a bit and yeah, it's still, I still love it just as much. There is something, there is like a self-care element to solo travel where it's kind of like you mentioned like people flaking out or people not wanting to do things. Like I've been on trips with friends where they've literally gotten to a destination and wanted to stay in the hotel room the whole time. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. how did we come all the way here and you just want to sit in a hotel? How did you pay for this trip and you don't even want to make the most of it? And so, like, there's something exactly. about just being like, you know what, I'm going to go and I'm going to do me. Like, I feel like even on group trip trips, I'm very much like, I'm going to just go and do me. I've actually never traveled solo out of the country. Have I? Ever? I mean, I've traveled solo for work, but not out of the country. It does scare me a little bit because I know that I only have me to rely on. But the one thing I know about me is that, you know how I feel about scary things. When stuff scares me, I'm like, I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> I'll take off running in a second, but, but I also feel like you would talk to anybody. I would talk to yeah. anybody, yeah. and that's true. I think now I'd be better at it. I'd be more like relaxed and ready to go. Cause I actually thought about just sometimes I see flight deals and I'm like, I might just buy this ticket and go by myself. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, 
And it's funny because I have a lot of friends that, like, I have a friend who just messaged me the other day, and she's like, we need to talk. And um, I was like, yo, what's up? I'm thinking it's something serious. And she's like, oh, I think I want to take my first solo trip. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, like, you know, if you have any questions, you know, I can definitely help you. She was like, yeah, I'm very scared. And I have a few friends who have, you know, they've gone on their solo trips and ended up liking it. And I think what you realize is that, or at least what I realized very quickly was that somehow things just all seem to work out. So when those things do happen, when things go wrong, somehow there are people that are willing to help you. Like I'm in Paris right now. If I don't know how to work the Metro, um, there's someone that's going to be willing to help me. Um, there's someone that's going to be willing to, um, you know, go out of their way. And I think sometimes we don't, we don't really expect that. It's And, and I think that's also kind of um, a misunderstanding about solo travel as well is that, oh, you're traveling solo. Um, so that means you're going to be like locked away in a room or like in deep in the jungle by yourself. Now, I mean, <laughs> you can do that if you want. That's not necessarily what it's supposed to be about. So I feel like the nature of solo travel in itself, yes, it's very it's very much about self-reliance, yeah. but at the same time, it's very much about relying on these strangers, these people that you don't know, because you really see that most people are very kind. And I think that's the biggest realization that I've gained throughout my solo trips is that you, it sounds so cliche, but you're never really alone. You really aren't alone. Um, there's been so many situations I've been in and I've just been like, oh my gosh, you know, I can't believe this person went out of their way to do this. I can't believe this person um, responded in this way. It, it really changes, I feel like, the way you see humanity in some ways. And it, mm -hmm. it changes the way you view your place um, in the world. And you'd really be surprised um, at how many people would be there to help you or assist you if mm -hmm. you needed it. Have you ever had or have any of you guys ever had a trip or experience that changed you forever? that you think like changed a part of you at all? Yeah, I would say the first time I, and I think I've talked about this before, but like Puerto Rico was my first like adult trip. I would say it was like the first trip that I paid for with my money. It was the first trip that I had planned. And I, you know, went all over the island. I rented a car. I, you know, went to spots that aren't typically on the map. And it really showed me how amazing travel can be. It really showed me how much Spanish I should learn. Uh, <laughs> that's a working battle that I am having. Uh, but it, it really showed me so much about my life that I didn't realize that I was in such a bubble in my college town. And it really sparked me to want to do so much more. And I would say, you know, two, three years later, here we are in Portland and I've been to Panama and, mm -hmm. you know, traveled for work a lot. And I get to do so much cool stuff that I never thought was possible. So. Yeah. I think every single one of my trips, as somewhat cliche as this sounds, has like profoundly changed me in one way or another, whether it's completely a leisure trip or a trip with family or a work trip or a trip to Panama. Mm -hmm. Like I learned something about myself each time and just thinking through this prompt, like I'm my uh, zodiac sign is a Sagittarius <laughs> and in every single like this is what a Sagittarius likes. So this is what a Sagittarius does. Travels always. It's like a free-spirited mm -hmm. traveler. And I don't allow myself to lean into that part of me that often. That's but every time I yeah. do, I'm like, whoa, like I'm completely enlightened. And it's really cool. 
That's cool. Yeah. I, yeah. I feel like I can relate to that because I'm a Capricorn. <laughs> so the next one. Yes. And our whole thing is about like working until we die. <laughs> so you guys know like all my trips have been like to completely just get away from everybody and everything. <laughs> um, so and I feel like what I've learned is like that I can shut off and like leave my phone and go explore and, you know, make friends and meet people and, and find the locals. And that's kind of happened on every trip that I've had. But then I kind of come back and fall into the same rut. But I try. Mm-hmm. How about you, Sierra? So I feel like every trip for me has meant something in a different way as well. Um, now, the first time I left the country, that was I. It opened my eyes and I and kind of my this world of possibilities in my mind to say, "Oh my gosh, you know, I'm from Texas. I'm from a um, not from a small town. I'm from Houston, but even still, um, the area that I grew up in, it's." Um, you know, like my mom, she she had the same Spanish teacher and history teacher that I did um, when, she, you know, at that same high school. And a lot of the people end up staying in that area, which there's nothing wrong with. But, you know, it's a little bit difficult to envision certain things um, or something different whenever you've grown up and stayed in the same place all of your life. So the first time that I left the country, I was like, whoa, you know, this is all of this is out there and it's one thing to read about it it's one thing to see movies about it but to actually be somewhere you know across the world um and to be present in that space it's just it made the world seem smaller in a certain way um for me when i took my first international trip um and then i was like okay so this is a possibility i could I could see more places that are different. It definitely changed my life in the sense that like now I'm traveling full time. So from that point, I was like, okay, this is what I want to do with my life. And I want to help other people do the same thing. Speaking of which, uh, I want to talk to you a little bit about the decision to quit your job in the corporate world and start traveling. And like you said that, you know, oh, this is something that I want to do. How did you make that decision? How like long in the making was it? And did it happen immediately or was it kind of like, were you kind of sitting on it for a little while and then, you know? <laughs> yeah, so I I was definitely sitting on it for a while. Um, is it, I mean, the, I knew that I wanted to do it overnight, but the actual decision, the process of making that decision, um, it took a long time. And when, when I graduated, I started working in, a corporate HR environment, um, and the company was great. For, for for me to be graduating and to end up in that position, it was, you know, I was very grateful and um, for that opportunity. But at the same time, um, that role specifically, I knew it wasn't something that I would be interested in long-term. And that's kind of me speaking on a very like, <laughs> lightly. Um, in other words, I was miserable. Um, <laughs> you know, and I was just, oh my gosh, I was late to work every day. I was like dragging myself out of bed every morning, every, every single day. And I just kept thinking, okay, there has to be more to this. There has to be more to this. But then on the other hand, I was thinking, okay, maybe I'm not grateful enough. You know, I have this nice mm-hmm. corporate job. This is like what people dream of. This is the American dream. You know, I don't, right. I don't, I'm not struggling to pay my bills. You know, there's people across the world that are struggling. Like, how could I want to leave this behind? You know, is there something wrong with me or you know, is this not what I'm supposed to be doing? And so in the end, I knew that that specific job, I would leave 
anyway. It wasn't necessarily me quitting my job to travel. It was more so that I happened to want to travel as well. And so thankfully I did have time off at the job that I was in and I took advantage of that. And so I would take trips here and there. Um, the visibility we have now, especially, I mean, it can be a positive and a negative, but especially on the internet, right. I saw these people who were doing this. And so I was like, oh, well, if they can do it, I can do it. Um, that was kind of my mindset behind it. And I saw travel bloggers doing it and I started saving up for it um, pretty early on and kind of like making that a goal in my mind. And I thought about it all the time. I changed like my, um, my login ID to my computer at work. I changed my password to the date that I planned to like quit my job. Like I have oh, this in my mind. I was so scared, so nervous. So after two years or almost two years, um, I made the decision to quit, but I wouldn't, I couldn't have told you at that point that I would still be doing this or that I would be earning money from this or that that was the hope and that was the goal, but I had no idea. And so it was just like, okay, I'm quitting my job today. April, it was like April 1st. <laughs> um, I sold everything from my apartment, um, like on a Friday. Um, oh, like put everything so on Craigslist, just meeting so with scary. people to sell everything. On a Saturday, I went back to Houston with like the bare minimum of the whatever I had left. And I had like a backpacking backpack that I had gotten. And then I flew out of the country that Sunday, the next day. So it was a very like quick turnaround. And so I was like, what am I like, what am I doing? Wow. You know, is this where, where I don't have plans for a month. I don't have plans for a year. I don't have plans for two years. I mean, I have plans, but it was, yeah, a very scary and kind of crazy thing to do. Um, I mean, I'm terrified just hearing you say it. I that. know. <laughs> I think my heart starts palpitating yeah, weirdly. I talked to friends about it, and they, all my friends, I think because they know me personally, they were like, uh, uh, okay. okay. <laughs> you know, like they were they they didn't really understand what I was doing or like okay how are you going to be earning money how long is this going to last mm -hmm. um, where are you going to go what would make you want to do this like it, and there was just a lot of misunderstanding especially from family members yeah. of why I would want to do something like this especially my parents so it's like and you know being African American they're like we would have to have this opportunity that you have at 23 and to be, have, have graduated, got this internship, got this full-time job in this like amazing company. Why are you leaving this to do what? To like, for what? Um, and I couldn't really explain it. I couldn't explain it, um, but it was just something that I felt that I needed to do. Mm -hmm. um, and still here, um, yeah. it's, you know, it's all worked out and the risk has been so worth it. Um, and it's just, yeah, it's been an incredible journey. That's amazing. Yeah. I, f I feel like um, one of the, like, you kind of talked a little bit about how this is, you know, it, this is what you should be doing. And, like, we talked on the phone a couple of days ago, and we talked a lot about how people are kind of traveling specifically for Instagram and not necessarily for the experiences of their travel. Like, I have a, for me, I have a really hard time taking, like, I took, like, some pictures on the Panama trip, but, like, everything that I did was, like, out of obligation. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't really, like, take any, like, okay, let me take some nice photos on the beach, or which I slightly regret, but I always look a little off in photos like that, but I try to be, like, <laughs> sexy, so I don't, I don't regret it because I already know I'm going to look a mess. But, like... 
It always makes me look at Instagram and I go, how long did it take you to actually like get that pose stage together? This. Yeah. yeah, like Find stage this photo. Yeah, no, I definitely saw that um, when I was in Greece last summer. Like people have flown there with photographers and they had like bounce light, bounce oh things. God. I don't know, the bounce card thing. Yeah. Um, and we were staying at the bottom of that like historic staircase, the one you see with the blue top. We were staying at the bottom of there and like mm-hmm. it's super narrow and very steep. And like we could not even get up the stairs around them because they were staging full photo shoots. We we're like, excuse me. It was <laughs> like, so ridiculous. Like a local. I'm like, Rebecca. you aren't even having fun doing this. I mean, like risking it all. It is terrifying. I took one picture because I was like, I might die like trying to capture this and it's really not worth it (laughs) for real I mean I feel like if you're an influencer it's a little different because it's your job but if you're just like if you're just traveling because you're like I just want people to see that I'm in Brazil and I'm again on the Tuesday like yeah exactly it's just it is crazy to me only because I know that if that's someone's focus and main mission to travel it's like you're missing out on so much. You're missing out on so many experiences and lessons trying to chase a photo. Now, personally for me, so I normally travel solo. I don't have anyone to like set me up a photo shoot. You know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. I can't, you know, I don't have an Instagram husband or whatever it may be um, that's going to turn me around and spend hours like taking a hundred, hundreds of photos of me. Um, that's just not going to happen. Um, and so on one hand, it's a good thing because I, like I said, I don't, I, I can't waste that time doing that because no one's going to do that for me. Now, of course, you know, because it is my job, I do take those pictures, but it's I'm asking a stranger. No stranger's gonna stand there for an hour. <laughs> you know, like if I get like one photo from a stranger um, and it's like not blurry or not a picture of the ground. Um, and so, and, and that's also a process of, especially if you're looking at influencers or bloggers. Um, now some of them do have on these full on photo shoots, but also kind of like perfecting the process. And so it's like, I have like go-to poses. I I know my angles. I know it's kind of like practice makes perfect. But um, one thing I always say, especially like on my blog, I'm like, okay, there's nothing wrong with taking photos, especially some people have, you know, that's a part of being in the moment for them is walking around and seeing the city in this specific manner and, you know, the, the aspects of photography and seeing this framing and these lines and there you do have to have a very particular eye and be very aware of these details. That is a part of the, the process for them of being in the moment. But in the same vein, it's like you can't let that overtake your trip because the best experiences that I've had, the best stories that I have, I don't have photos of them. The best moments of your trip are probably when you and you know your friends were it's like 2 a.m. and you're running around the city and you're dancing and you're laughing right. and you're having a good time and you're you're actually, you know, there. You're in your surroundings um, and those moments can't be captured. And so I think it's just important to remind people to focus on, you know, getting the most out of your trip um, as opposed to always trying to capture the perfect photo because you're missing out on a lot if you do that. One of the things that I want to do, this is going to sound gross, but I want to do like a food Instagram called a mouthful and just like always like a mouthful of pasta. (laughs) Not like like ABC food, not like, you know, after it's been chewed, but like, you know, like just like... (laughs) But like you can't see my face, you can only see like my mouth, mouth and like I love that. biting a pizza. Or most, 
<laughs> Mostly because I just I just want to eat when I travel. Um, yes. So one of the things that we discussed too that I really wanted to talk about, and we kind of talk about this somewhat amongst ourselves a little bit, is um, luxury travel as a woman of color. Um, I mean, you're you've been to all these places. I'm assuming you've had some experiences that were very luxurious. Um, how do you feel in, in, in that vein? Is there ever an air of feeling of like not belonging or like how have you found people have viewed you? Like what are some of the best cities that you've experienced luxury travel in and all of those things? Yeah, so it's it's always interesting, especially being young, t- younger too. And in certain locations, there is a certain demographic um, and they're usually older and they usually occupy most of the space. Um, and, you know, it, it, it can be, you can feel uncomfortable and not like, okay, I don't belong here, but these people, they might feel like I don't belong here. You know what I mean? Even right. if I feel like I'm supposed, I, I am supposed to be here. I've never had anyone say anything to me directly, right. but you know, you do get those looks, which, you know, have you thinking and assuming that they're viewing you a certain way. And so the way I've kind of, I view it now is that it empowers me, I guess you could say, because I feel like, okay, you think I'm not supposed to be here, but I, here I am. You know what I mean? Right. Like, it, it makes me carry myself with an even higher level of confidence because it's like, it's funny that you think I'm not supposed to be here. And, and I feel like that, that makes it even more like incredible that I am, you know what I mean? Right. Um, or maybe, you know, historically, you know, people that look like me didn't occupy this space, but it's 2018, you know what I mean? Like, and we're out here, we are out here and there are a lot of plenty of black travelers. There are pl- plenty of travelers of color. Um, I think it's incredible because it really makes you feel like, okay, I don't need anyone's permission to be here. I don't need to ask anyone. Um, and um, especially being young, I think it's very empowering, um, but no doubt at times uncomfortable. Um, and. I just try to always carry myself with confidence um, in those moments and um, kind of congratulate myself. And when I see other travelers that look like me, I'm like, you know, like you, like we're out here. Like, right. like I feel so proud because sometimes we feel like, okay, this isn't for us or other yeah. people are made to think that it's not for us. And that's so not the truth, mm-hmm. you know? Um, when I went to Shanghai, I traveled luxuriously, but only because my job was paying for it. And like, mm-hmm. you know, I got to stay in like one of the nicest, if not the nicest hotel in Shanghai. And the thing about it, too, was like there were moments where I would be walking through like the halls and like going to um, I went to the the br- the breakfast that they have in the morning. First of all, that breakfast was bomb. Second of all, like <laughs> it was filled with like white international businessmen and then there's me uh and I'm just like doop 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 like I'm like glad I didn't think this was just like a continental breakfast at the Holiday Inn I'm glad I like took a shower and like did my hair and all that stuff first (laughs) but like there definitely was like a part of me that but then I kind of like just played this like fantasy in my head of like they don't know maybe I'm like a rich princess or something (laughs) like you know like maybe I'm like somebody's like you know, like I could be anybody and I kind of just like played into that uh, in my own head, not out loud. But, you know, it kind of reminds me what you just said, though, because what you said, you said it's funny to you because you're like, you think it's weird that I'm here, but yet and still I am. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And like that to me is like very 
important and powerful because it's like, sir, you're the, I'm assuming it's a man because whatever, <laughs> whatever to men right now. Yeah. Um, like, <laughs> you know, like it's, you know, like, sir, I'm, I'm here in this space. So it's like, you're questioning why I'm here, but I'm here. So mm-hmm. where does this leave us? Yeah, totally. Um, one of the things we have to wrap up pretty soon, but I wanted to ask, um, you, we talked a lot about creating similar situations in your home environment from the places that you've been. Do you have a home environment or are you just out here in this world traveling? Your backpack. <laughs> and like, and like, I'm, I'm kind of homeless right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I'm, I'm pretty, um, I don't, right now I'm like full-time traveler. Nice. So wherever I am in the city is my home at the moment. But even like back when I was working, and, you know, I would go on these trips and then, you know, I'd come back to work and I'd be like, oh, you know, I have to go back to work. Oh, my gosh. I have to go in tomorrow. Like, I don't want to, you know, you know that kind of those travel blues. Yeah. Um, it was really important. And I feel like that's one of the realizations I had back then at the time where it's like, okay, well, you can't be traveling 24-7. So it's just kind of like, okay, how can you implement the things that you learn from travel into your everyday lifestyle and I think it's just like about adopting a traveler's mindset so it's like what do you like about yourself whenever you know you're traveling it's part of you that comes out it's usually curiosity and risk-taking and wonder and appreciation of what's going on at the moment and being present and I think that those are all qualities that you can implement in your everyday life whether it be through taking 10 minutes to meditate every day, whether it be going for a walk around the neighborhood, trying a new restaurant in town that you haven't tried, like make it more of a, a of a lifestyle thing where it's like, what can I do to, you know, take more breaks, um, whether it be an hour, two hours, 30 minutes. Am I, am I giving myself that time and that space in my day to day life? Like I would, um, when I'm traveling. Nice. That's wonderful. Sierra, you are very inspiring. We were so fortunate to have you. So tell the people where they can find you on the gram and, you know, on the Twitters and and the blogs, the blogs, all the spaces where everybody can come and stalk you. Yeah. So I'm at um, HeySierra.com is my blog. So www.HeySierra.com, H-E-Y and then C-I-A-R-A. So Sierra, like the singer, not the mountains. Um, (laughs) And also on Instagram, H-E-Y underscore C-I-A-R-A. And then the same on Twitter as well. Love it. Thank you so much, Sierra. It was awesome chatting with you. We're going to be posting um, all of Sierra's social handles on our podcast page. I'm going to ask Farron, I would actually like to pose the question to some of our listeners. What what do you love about yourself when you're traveling? I would love to know that. Yeah, because I think that's such a good point that you made about being this person when you're gone and then coming back and not employing that feeling. So I I think that that's something that I'm definitely going to think about, but (laughs) other people might want to think about, too. Thank you so much, Sierra. It was awesome chatting with you. Thank you. Thank you so much um, to all of you. It was an absolute honor. Oh, thanks. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.